Hello, champs. Welcome back to Keeping Carlson Short Shifts. I am your host today, Louis Ezekiel, and joining me is Elon Dubrovsky. Elon, how you doing, bud? Hey, Louis. Great to be here. So excited to do a podcast again. It feels like it's been forever. Uh, I'm going to make up for it, though. I'm doing three recordings in four nights. It's like a classic you know, streaming schedule that I've got for recordings. Busy guy, yeah, like a, a streamagami of podcast appearances. That's awesome. Yeah, I think people will be will be anxious for content now that things are are back underway. It's been kind of a you know a nice little break in some ways, but you know you just miss kind of having that opportunity, you know, to do the thing that you love. You know, get that that rush when your player scores in fantasy hockey. So yeah, uh, glad things are back and and plenty of stuff to talk about. Even though you know not a ton of games have gone down. Uh, really, since the last time we were on the air here. Well, the Panthers are making up for a lack of games by just giving us a ton of goals to be excited about. If you're a fan of the Panthers, they ended up winning 9-3 to today against Tampa Bay. So as someone who has Barkov, Verhage, and Duclair on my couple team, I, I enjoyed the return to hockey action very much. I unfortunately am up against uh, Gudis and Wegar, uh, so I'm not as bullish as you are. I'm also kicking myself because uh, Anton Lundell was one of the many players that I took a long look at, did not add, uh, oh, and man. who has really gone off. Add uh, Barabanov, Lawson Kraus to that list. The players I haven't picked up have been really excellent. Okay, yeah, well, we should mention Barabanov. I know we have a whole plan for the show, but I don't think he was on the list. Maybe we can add him to the hot streaks at the end, but man, he's really clicking with Meyer and uh, Couture, I think it was, on the top line, or maybe Hurdle. But uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen when everyone's healthy, once Dalin is back, if Barabanov's done enough to hold that spot. He's definitely someone I'd be looking to add if he was available. Yeah, he went off for a goal, an assist, three shots, a hit, a block. Now, this was in a wild 8-7 to shootout win over the Coyotes, so I think we probably shouldn't count on him for two points every game since the Sharks are probably not scoring seven all that often, but uh, I definitely prefer him to a couple of the other folks that we're going to talk about here today, so we'll toss him in on that list. Okay, and actually, I see that San Jose is playing Philly tonight, so the people who are listening to this will already have another game of data. But okay, sorry to interrupt. Let's go. Let's start with the content. Yeah, we got to start at the top here, um, and that is uh, with Max Pacioretty uh, announced uh, today here on Thursday that he'll be out long-term with wrist surgery. Uh, a little surprising because we had just got a tweet that said uh, Coach was talking about Stone, uh, and Laner also be you know being lumped in with Pacioretty as day to day guys. Um, you know I'm hoping that Leonner and Stone are still just day to day, but obviously Patches was not. Um, the line on the 28th was Patches, Stevenson, and Yanmark. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up there uh, along with Stevenson. Hopefully he can get some reinforcements from Stone soon, and that third piece might be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, but we are working uh, with limited information at this point, so we'll just have to kind of hold on and watch that. Uh, another place where, you know, not a ton maybe to discuss, but Braden Point has returned from injury, and he has been lights out the last two games. Three goals, one assist, nine shots in two games since his return. Uh, he lined up with Alex Killorn, who benefited with two assists and a power play assist. Uh, as well as Matthew Joseph, who got in with one assist. Uh, this might mean a reduced role for Anthony Sorelli moving forward when he gets off that COVID list. Sorelli had been decent, uh, and it might be worth getting him in for a game and seeing what his deployment looks like, but he had been slowing down recently with just three points over his last six games, and that was with, you know, 17 to 20 minutes a game in that second line deployment. 
Yeah, okay. Lots to comment on even with that. Like, going back to Pacioretty first, uh, what a bummer, right? Because this guy is having such an amazing season. 21 points in 16 games. He already missed time before with an injury. I drafted him in our Keeper League, Lewis, in the, I think, fourth round or third round. And, like, on paper, it looks like a good pick, except for the missed time. He's on a 108-point pace. Now, obviously, like you said, Vegas is going to have to make do. And also, his manager sees wrist injuries. I guess Austin Matthews has had a wrist injury in the past, and then he's come back just fine. Though, obviously, Pacioretty at 33 might be a little bit harder to heal. So, we'll see if he comes back but he's like out indefinitely could be for the oh i don't want to put out bad juju but it's gonna be a few months i don't know if it's gonna be out for the season hopefully he'll come back at some point uh, as far as the lines yeah i would think that when everyone's healthy like the last time the patch ready was out there was a stretch where mark stone came back for i think a couple games before patches did and it was stone stevenson and dodonov so i guess dodonov is the guy that might also take a top power play spot so uh yeah bummer though that does also open up a spot on the top line and in the top six for jack eichel i don't recall exactly what his timeline is but when he comes i guess now he could just obviously they play different positions but i'm sure that Eichel would be just fine on the wing or stevenson could go on the wing or whatever they decide to do uh no interesting stuff over in vegas dodonov's the guy that in the short term would be the one i'm interested in to take over and take advantage of this increased deployment potentially yeah i think so too and it sounds like uh he is off the covid list so he should be in for that next game yeah, and then as far as Braden Point goes, yeah, an amazing return. He's doing well. This is without Kucherov, right? At some point, Nikita Kucherov's going to come back, and that'll be great. And I think Tampa will be happy to get those reinforcements because they just got killed today, 9-3 by the Panthers, like we just said. Though, they did have Maxime Lagasse in net until he got pulled, and then Alnefelt came in. Is it, I don't know if it's worth like learning these names because hopefully Vasilevsky and Elliot will be back as the tandem sometime soon. Uh, but yeah, I guess with point back, you've got to assume at some point it'll be point Kucherov Palat. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of, I, when people are asking me, like, what's going to happen with Tampa, I say, like, look at the lines from the playoff run last year when mm-hmm. everyone was healthy. That's what I'm going to assume they're going to go with. Though, obviously, guys like your Ross Coltons and your Corey Perry have done well recently. So on a good streaming week, like this week has been for Tampa. Some people have picked them up and have been benefiting from that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I would not be rushing to add any of these uh, deep lightning goalies i did add legasse for the game against montreal because really it was more like a game against the laval rackets um but ultimately uh i managed to ditch him before today's game so i that one good decision that i made this week was not waiting around to see if he would get another start because uh, i was very worried about how he would do after letting four goals in against that depleted montreal roster uh, I was very worried about what it might look like against the almost fully operational uh, Panthers. I guess Bennett had to sit at the last minute. But yeah, obviously that did not go well for him. Uh, let's jump over to Philadelphia. Another kind of late announcement. Uh, we found out that Sean Couturier is on injured reserve and week to week with an upper body injury. Uh, still waiting to see what the lines are going to look like uh, before their game this evening. Um, but in the meantime, you know, just kind of taking a guess, it does seem like one of those kind of overall downgrade injuries, kind of like Pat Uretti, where, you know, someone's going to get a new spot, but it's probably bad for everyone overall. Um, you know, this could be a chance for Morgan Frost or for uh, Kevin Hayes. Uh, Giroux could potentially move to center as well. Um, but I would I would look at Frost and Hayes' deployment uh, next game and see if there's any value to be found there. But again, this is pretty late-breaking, so we don't have a ton to offer. Uh, besides, just keep your eyes on game-day lines. Uh, and if I see the uh, 
you know, what that deployment is going to look like for Thursday's game. I will do my best to update you there. Yeah, well, actually, uh, looking at game day lines right now, there was a tweet at 8 p.m. Uh, by Ad- Adam Kimmelman with the Flyers shuffling of their lines at JVR, Giroux, and Atkinson on the top line. And then you've got Hayes with Farabee and this guy Max Willman, who's available in my Dynasty League, a very rare prospect that's available. So maybe I need to look at him. Uh, there's a game tonight, right? So again, people are going to listen to this and ha- get the uh, data of what happened in that Philly game. So you could check the update. Uh, when I look at actual lines from games that happened, I always go to Frozen Tools, and that's linked actually from GameDayLineTweets.com if you want to go that way. Then yeah, Konechny was skating in this 8 p.m. tweet uh, with Lindblom and Frost on, I guess, the third line. So uh, yeah, like I agree with you that it's probably that top line. JVR is still available in a lot of leagues, and he had a couple goals in the last game. So he's someone, if he's going to stick with Giroud and Atkinson, that's obviously a good spot for him. I also wanted to just ask you your opinion. Like, So Sean Couturier is injured, uh, which might not even be such a bad thing for the people who have Sean Couturier on their fantasy teams because he's been pretty weak so far this season. He had an assist in that last game against Ottawa, but before that he was pointless in two overall, just like kind of like four points in his last 10 games. Uh, Brian and I used to talk about like players when they get injured, maybe it's an opportunity for them to also like center themselves while they are recuperating, have a little vacation and hopefully come back ready to go. So I don't know if people are too upset about Couturier going on the IR, assuming you don't have like super limited ads. You could probably replace him with someone you're more excited about uh, out of free agency because, you know, you don't want to drop Couturier because he has that huge upside, but also he, he must be very frustrating to roster for people. So not the, not the worst news. Well, and especially right now, you know, people's injured reserves are pretty well packed in a shallow keeper that I have. I, I actually did let him go because I just needed to get someone in the lineup. Um, I've had Kucherov and Eichel on IR all season in that league, so I can't really afford to have it. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, strong upside there. Uh, even when he was really slumping, I was talking with Ian Gooding on Twitter um, about his slump maybe a couple weeks ago. And, you know, he was shooting a ton, and then he went off and scored the next game. So, you know, a lot of the... It's been some bad puck luck for him, generally. I don't know about over the last few games, but someone that I would stash an IR if I could. But yeah, maybe a chance for him to to get his game back. Uh, That's a great opportunity, I think, for us to uh, make a little transition here, because somebody else who's going to be trying to get his game back is none other than Tuka Rask, uh, who seems to be, you know on the verge-ish of returning. I don't want to say that his return is, you know, incipient, like it's going to be any minute now. Um, But certainly, uh, it seems like it is actually going to happen here this season. Um, And there may be some, you know, minor league games and that sort of thing. So I wanted to dive a little bit into what the Bruins are offering in terms of, like, being a defensive team. You know, they're fourth in Corsi 4%, meaning they are getting, uh, they're fourth in terms of the percentage of the shot share that they get. Uh, they're second in expected goals for percentage. They're giving up the fewest high danger chances per 60 in the league. Uh, all of that, I think, is pretty solid. Uh, they do sit at 13th overall. This is all at even strength, by the way. They sit at 13th in even strength save percentage in part because they're way down at 23rd in high danger save percentage despite the limited chances they give up. Uh, so maybe if that's an area where they can get some extra support from RAS, that might be good for them. The one thing I'm worried about, you know, the question should be then, does this mean that Rask is a potential upgrade? Should he be someone that people are running out to add? And I'm a little bit skeptical. Um, I'm just worried about Rask being out for so long. Uh, Swayman and Olmark have had ups and downs, but they're at 917 and 922 save percentages, respectively, uh, which is solidly above average. Um, Brian suggested on Discord that he thought Rask was likely to only get about half the games when he's ready to return, which makes some sense, you know, since that endurance may not be there. 
Um, and maybe I can make this more specific for you. We were asked in a tweet uh, whether there was a benefit to adding Rask to a lineup at the expense of one of Demco, UPL in Buffalo, or Samsonov. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you think about uh, if Rask would be an upgrade over one of those spots. Yeah, well, first of all, it's still going to be, I think, a week or two. Like, the latest news I'm seeing from BostonBruins.com, like, Tuka Rask uh, could be ready to play games within the next few weeks. So, if you're making that drop, it depends, obviously, if you could stash him in an NA spot, if you're in Yahoo or whatever, I don't know. Like, obviously, if, he, if he's just taking up a roster spot, I wouldn't, like, rush and give up a spot just to hold Tuka Rask just to get his games. Because, like you say, they already have two goalies, I don't, and they've been good. I don't see why Boston's going to start running Tuka Rask into the ground. I agree with Brian uh, that he's probably just going to play 50% of the games, if that, maybe a third of the games. Maybe they go three-headed monster and just take turns with all three goalies and then ride whoever's hot into the playoffs. So, yeah, obviously the upside is there, but at the same time, like you said, he's 34 years old. He's been recovering. Last season was one of his down years. People may not remember. He only had a 913 save percentage in his 24 games. So, you know, uh, for this specific question from at Galley 2 with Roman numerals as the two. <laughs> I don't know if I needed to be that specific, but uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Uka Pekka would be the guy you'd consider dropping. And I would say, you know, it depends on your situation. Obviously, you could stash him. That's the best thing. Uh, today, uh, Suban played for Buffalo and he didn't do so well against the Islanders. So that probably just means UPL is going to get another chance to go. Like they have Tokarski coming back, but like these are like not great goalies, right? UPL is the only goalie on the team that's good. So if Buffalo is actually trying to win games, which maybe, you know, people would argue that they shouldn't be trying to win games. They should be going for that draft pick i think they're going to keep playing upl and i'd rather have him uh, as a starter over rask but if you're in a league where you could drop goalies and there's always like good starters available like a super shallow league then maybe but like in most leagues i don't like i'm in a bunch of leagues and i don't have uko peko lukanin available in any of my leagues so i'm not going to be dropping him for tuka rask like tuka rask is available in our couple division and no one's dropped a good goalie for him and i'm not planning to anytime soon obviously if he's like starting on a specific day or if it's coming up soon like uh, another way to think of it is like i've seen all mark and swayman in free agency in a bunch of my leagues throughout the season just because boston doesn't have that consistent starting goalie they're both like playing 50 percent of the time probably some of that has to do with boston having a bit of an odd schedule over the start of the year they've had some weeks where they haven't played much but still yeah I'm not, like, especially excited with his age, the injury, the three-headed monster. It seems like I'll let someone else take the swing on Tuka Rask, and I would stick with the goalies I have. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I was thinking, you know, I might want Rask, again, when he's closer to being ready and, and the crystal ball is a little more clear there. I don't think there's a ton of people out there with, like, excess IR space to just grab him and stash him right now, I would have to imagine. Um, but really the only situation is if your league values quality over quantity from goalies, like if save percentage and goals against average are categories and, you know, you only have to meet a minimum threshold for starts and that sort of thing. I think that's the case where he might be beneficial to have where you're trying to get a couple starts and then sort of leave your goalie cats. But yeah, that's the only situation there. Yeah. And like I said, he had a 913 save percentage last year. So if that's an indication, it's not even like a well above average save percentage. Potentially, that's less than what Ulmark and Swayman are doing, though, of course, like whatever, that was just a very small sample size. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, Elon. And when we come back, we'll talk about Mike Smith's return and some line shuffling in St. Louis. All right. And the ad break 
is this. I'm going to tell you about our friends over at TickPick, who are sponsoring another week of Keeping Carlson episodes. Uh, so, obviously, right now, there's been more NHL games starting to finally happen. Seems like the schedule's a little bit more consistent. Like, fingers crossed. I don't want to, like, jinx it and have a bunch of games canceled tomorrow. But, you know, the NHL started doing this thing where players only have to go on the protocol for five days. I don't know. Hopefully, things are okay. Everyone's safe and we'll be able to go watch games. And if you want to go to a game, obviously, you want to use our friends at TickPick because they're the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all tickets for NHL hockey, concerts, NBA, NFL, whatever. You just go to TICKPICK.com and you'll find your tickets. And, you know, it's a really great place because they don't have those service fees on there. Like, you see a price, okay, that's the price. And if you think that, wow, I bet you I could find a better price somewhere else, they challenge you to, you know, <laughs> take them up on that because they have a price match guarantee and they'll even give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So when you're going to buy your tickets for your upcoming NHL games, if you want to, you know, lock in a chance to see Tuka Rask, in a month or so, then go to uh, tickpick.com slash Carlson. That's tickpick.com slash Carlson, as an Eric Carlson, and uh, you'll get your tickets and you'll be ready to have a good night. But with that, Lewis, I'm ready to get back to our content for short shifts. All right, well, we got some blue paint and then some blues discussion. Let's head to Edmonton, where Mike Smith made his return. Uh, he gave up four goals on 33 shots to a somewhat depleted Blues team, um, but was quickly announced to be the starter for Friday's game. Ben and I had talked about uh, when Mike Smith rakes his return, how quickly are you going to be ready to drop those other goalies? And I think we sort of agreed that once it's clear he's going to get two in a row, you know, that's probably time to start start looking elsewhere. Uh, so there it is. Uh, he's going to get the start on Friday. I think it's probably safe to drop Skinner uh, if you're still holding on to him. Um yeah, not a whole lot to say about that. Obviously, I'm sure uh, Edmonton will be happy uh, to hopefully get a little bit more consistency uh, in the crease. Um, but otherwise, maybe not a huge fantasy impact. I imagine that he was held onto in most leagues. Yeah, well, if maybe because of all these like you know super full IRs like you were discussing, maybe there were people who had to drop Mike Smith. So if you could grab him, that's good. Edmonton uh, had that big losing streak. They lost six in a row. Then they won a couple before all the postponed games. They beat Columbus and Seattle. Then they lost that game to St. Louis. So their game uh, tomorrow on Friday is against New Jersey. Uh, so we'll see how they do. Jersey's been scoring a lot of goals lately themselves. I'm a super happy Jesper Bratt manager. Uh, so we'll see how Smith does and if he can, you know, get back to that, those consistent performances that he was putting up at the start of the year. But definitely agree with you. Koskinen, Skinner, dump those guys. Mike Smith is the starter and Edmonton is going to need him to be good if they want to do well because those other goalies clearly couldn't hack it uh, in a consistent way. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't have him on the list here, but just you're talking about Brad, and I think another interesting name uh, in New Jersey is uh, Igor Sharangovich, who's been lining up with Hughes uh, and had a really nice uh, last game with a goal and an assist. That was another guy I looked closely at, and I was like, oh, I'll take... Uh, I ended up deciding to take uh, Janssen because he got more power play time and another one that I was really kicking myself over. So uh, another name to, to potentially run out and grab for, for Friday's games. Yeah, especially because you're saying that Sharon Govich was playing with Hughes, also with Brat. That was a line. Hughes, Sharon Govich, Brat. And I'd say that Hughes and Brat right now are the two best players on the team. So you want to have the guy playing with him, even if he's a third wheel. And Sharon Govich did have good runs last year. So he is a really good pick. And New Jersey plays Friday, Sunday. So you grab him after you listen to this. You get two games to end the week. Not too bad. Drop a Saturday guy. You're getting a two for one right there. 
Yeah, definitely. And that Mercer uh, Janssen connection has has the shine has come off a little bit there. Um, but speaking of those Blues who beat up on Mike Smith in the last game, they are getting some reinforcements here. Uh, word is uh, Thomas came back. Uh, Rob Thomas came back already, uh, and it looks like Bushnevich and Barbashev are likely for Friday. Bushnevich, the wording was a little. They said he was you know in line to start for now, uh, which made me a little uneasy. Um, but that's how it looks right now. You know, Thomas had a good night. He scored on his only shot. He added a hit in there as well. He's been very efficient, obviously. Um, he's, you know, got, I believe, 23 points in 24 games or something along those lines. He doesn't shoot a ton and he relies on scoring from his wingers. Uh, and I'm worried that he may be in for a bit of a downgrade if Barubi wants to reunite that Russian line of Buchnevich, Barbashev, and Tarasenko that was so effective before the break. And it seems like Braden Shen's return might not be too much further off either. Uh, so Thomas could find himself on a third line pretty quickly, um, although he at least maybe would have uh, Jordan Cairo on his wing, unless Cairo can take over for Saad on that top line. Uh, any thoughts on any of those uh, that wide variety of Blues uh, forwards that we just mentioned? Well, I mean, obviously this is a bit of speculation, but I think I'll disagree with you just in that Thomas, when he's been healthy, he's been playing with Tarasenko like all season. I don't see why they would split them up. It's kind of reminds me like you could say, yeah, Barbashev, Tarasenko, and Buchnevich did well in Thomas's absence. But you know, Tanner Jeannot was playing well with Forsberg when people were injured on Nashville. And then once the players came back, you know, they went back to the lines they were going with before the injuries. You know, there wasn't a, what Wally Pip is the name you always bring up for someone that's stealing someone's spot. Uh, so I think that Robert Thomas is probably going to stick with Tarasenko just based on that. He's been with him all year and he's got 23 points in 25 games. Also, if you look at that last game, sure, he scored a goal on only the one shot. He was actually plus three in that game, which uh, means that he was on the ice for some goals that he just didn't get a point on. So maybe he even had a bit of, you know, bad luck. I don't know if you'd call it bad luck, but you know, like he's clearly like a part of a line that is doing really well. Uh, so I'd, I'm really into Robert Thomas, actually. I think that people should probably be grabbing him in most leagues like at this point we're more than a third of the way through the season and he's almost at a point per game like you said maybe like you say that if he gets downgraded obviously you have to reassess but i think when we see the lines we're going to see him with tarasenko and tarasenko by the way we should probably mention is like a superstar again and i'm definitely kicking myself for not drafting him in any of my leagues after that performance against edmonton where he had a goal and two assists that brought him to 32 points in 32 games uh, brian and i used to always talk about him and i always, always used to be wistful and expecting that one day he's going to be a point per game guy and brian's like no you know you know old stickler brian like he's just a 70 ish point guy don't expect too much and then this year the one year when we were expecting him to maybe not even be that 70 ish point guy coming back from injury now he's having potentially the best season of his career so uh you tarasenko is obviously the best uh and i mean maybe we could get into like if it's sustainable or not but it's not like he has a crazy high shooting percentage or anything i think he's just really good obviously he's benefiting from playing with robert thomas robert thomas is benefiting from playing with tarasenko and i'd want both of them if i could get them yeah you got to think folks in seattle are shaking their heads a little bit about that one uh, let's head over to Buffalo, where we had Alex Tuck made his debut. He, of course, was the crown jewel of the Eichel trade. Uh, I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Don't get too mad at me, Sabres people. Um, but he had an assist and four hits uh, in his first game back. He lined up with Tage Thompson, who scored twice. 
uh, and something called a J.J. Paterka on the top line. Uh, he got 48% of the power play time. He could be kind of interesting. Um, didn't do a whole lot in uh, the game today. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little hesitant. I want to see some shooting, which we have not seen any of in the last two games uh, before I really get excited about him. I definitely, of all the folks that we've talked about here so far today, uh, including Tanner Janot, even, I think I would have Tuck... Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Tage Thompson has been pretty decent lately. So I think that Tuck, if he sticks on that top line, I think I'd like him over Jeannot, uh, since we talked about how he's been downgraded to line three. Um, but yeah, I'm not super bullish on Alex Tuck right now either. What, do you, what are your thoughts on, on Tuck making his uh, return after being out for a long time with injury? Yeah, I mean, it's nice for him, and I think he's someone that has a high upside, but he wasn't on the top power play in today's loss to the Islanders. Uh, I'll say if I wanted to give a comparable, I'd rather take the hated short shifts player from Buffalo, Kyle Ocposo. I'll take him over Alex Tuck. Ocposo scored the only goal for Buffalo today, took seven shots. I know Tuck uh, went off the free agent list in a bunch of leagues when it was announced he was going to come back and why not you know we were all excited to see what he can do if he gets that like primo deployment in buffalo but the fact that he's not on the top power play maybe that'll change that just tells me that he's not you know going to be like the guy at least not yet so i agree with you not like especially exciting ex- except for in a deeper league and to be honest right now the probably the players i want on buffalo in order are like dalin then olafson and then akposo and then I guess, uh, yeah, that's it. A new PL, of course. Ben's not here this evening, so this is a safe place for uh, <laughs> people who love Kyle Akposo, or at least are celebrating Akposo's uh, successes so far this year. Uh, and then, Elon, I believe there was a Kings player you wanted to discuss. A recent call-up. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, so th- if you recall, we did a draft at the start of the season. It was an episode with Brian, myself, I believe Ben and, and Dave, that sounds I think right. was the crew. <laughs> you weren't there for some reason. I'm sure you were invited and you just had other appointments at, uh, at the same time. Uh, anyway, it was like we each drafted one player from each team. And when it was Brian's turn to take a pick from LA and probably like Kopitar and Arvidsson or something had been taken off the board. And he was talking about this guy, Vladimir Kachev, I think is how you pronounce his name. It's spelled like Kachuk except with EV at the end. Uh, so Vladimir Kachev was a guy who had come over from the KHL. He led the Ska St. Petersburg team that Panarin used to be on in scoring last year and then he was coming in and then he you know was potentially going to be a guy who would make an impact for the kings it seemed like they'd have room at least in the short term for him in their top six but he got a very short audition and then went down to the ahl where he's been great he's like over a point per game and now he just got called up and la is just about to play today against vancouver that game's going to start actually right now we're reco- the time of recording right now is thursday at 10 35 p.m eastern time so that game is just getting started and la is playing against Halak and the Canucks. So I'm excited to see what Kachev can do. And we'll have to see the lines and, and all of that. But just a player I wanted to throw out there as like a high upside guy from the KHL. We'll have to wait and see if he's the next uh, Panarin or Radulov, or is he the next Nikita Gusev, who I was excited about, but then didn't do anything. But just someone I have my eye on that I wanted to bring up just in case he does well. So I could say that I called it. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so I just want to cover a couple of hot streaks really quick. These are hot streaks with asterisks because I, I want to caution people on them a little bit. I'm going to be in wet blanket mode here. We talked a little bit about Tanner Janot already. Seven points over his last seven games, but with Duchesne back in the lineup and that top line finally intact. Janot is line three with Yakov Trenin and Nick Cousins. It's been a nice streak, but I might try to you know flip him for another kind of waiver wire plus guy uh, or be ready to drop. No real power play time to speak of. 
Uh, and then another guy who has been interesting and on a nice hot streak, but with limited power play deployment is Evan Bouchard, who's had four points in the last three games uh, to go along with 10 shots and five blocks. So really stuff in the categories. And he's got a few nice uh, hit games in there, too. Uh, he's not getting that coveted power play one deployment, but as Dave, PJ, and Mason discussed on a recent episode of the Stream Scheme, uh, the Oilers seem to be moving their puck more through Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, and less through Barry, uh, thus their respective power play numbers this season. So the point on the power play might not be that desirable spot it once seemed, at least not for a right-handed defenseman like Bush or Barry. Uh, and also like with Jeannot, um we've got uh, nurse coming back uh, to take some time away, uh, maybe not, uh, maybe as soon as next game. So consider carefully before adding Bouchard, but he is on a nice little streak there. Anything to add on those two gentlemen? Yeah, I'm definitely higher on one than another. Like Bouchard is probably not available in a lot of leagues. Like if Nurse comes back, like I think that that's the top pairing, right? Bouchard and Nurse, and it's probably good for him. Like just the Edmonton hasn't been scoring as much as we're used to, so maybe Darnell Nurse can help with that. Uh, I like Bouchard a lot, and uh, like yeah, he doesn't have the upside of being like a Tyson Barry if he's not going to get on the top power play. But I think he's like a solid bet for like a 45, 50 point defenseman. Maybe like this hot streak is a bit too hot, but. Yeah, I like Bouchard. Jeannot was interesting, right? Because he's not only on this streak of seven points in his last seven games, but also he hits a ton, right? Like, just in his last three games, we have three, five, and six hits. But of course, like you said, he got a lot of these points playing with Philip Forsberg, which is not a situation he's in anymore. I wonder if now's a good time to try to trade him uh, to someone who's... I mean, that's always hard, because you have to find someone who maybe doesn't realize that it was because of like better line mates. But, you know, you could just sell him. Here's the pitch, okay? I got the next Tom Wilson for you right here. Ton of hits getting points how could you not want tanner Janot and then see what you can get for him i don't think he's like going to completely fall off but i definitely don't think he's going to be point per game he's probably like a 40 point guy so if you're in a league that counts hits then maybe he's still worth holding because of the hits but yeah he's not a big shooter and i don't expect the points to continue like they have been yeah of the two i definitely prefer bouchard i added him in a league today um, so yeah, that's definitely someone that, that I think, you know, has some real potential. I love to see the shots, uh, especially, and, you know, you mentioned the challenge, I think of trying to find, you know, the right trade partner. And I, I have a suspicion that right now may actually be a pretty decent time. Uh, you know, if your league mates aren't checked out entirely, but maybe just a little checked out with kind of some of the, it's just been hard, I think, running your team lately with all of the cancellations and rescheduling and COVID stuff. So uh, it may be a pretty good time to to put out some feelers there and yeah, make a pitch. No reason not to. And, and people might be willing to freewheel a little bit more if they're feeling like uh, the walls are closing in on their season a little bit. Um, you know, if they've had a run of poor luck here. So I think uh, I think now may be a very good time, actually, to try and get out there and try to make some trades if you're not in super cutthroat leagues with people who have uh, been sticking it out despite some uh, some rough go over the last two weeks or so. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I almost, like, don't want to recommend, like, taking advantage of people's despair to try to, like, bamboozle them in a trade. Like, just because this is the kind of season where I could see some people just throwing their hands up in the air and being like, you know what? 
forget fantasy hockey. This is driving me crazy. So I almost wonder if you need to like be gentle with your league mates this season, especially the ones going through all those injuries. But obviously very astute. And if you're if you're confident in your league stability, then sure, like do whatever you can to try to get the win. And if you win this year, no asterisks, okay? Like because it's hard to win a fantasy season. So I don't want people to like not think of this one as as worthy. I also wanted to make a shout out since we're talking about this, like uh, to people in the Keeping Carlson Alta Patriot Fantasy League that have been dealing with all these injuries and everything. Uh, we definitely appreciate you like sticking with it and you know fighting through it. And even if you've taken a couple bad losses just because of the injuries, I definitely urge you to still continue to to manage your team. Like maybe next year there will be a few more people who don't come back to fantasy just because it's been now three straight seasons of COVID interruptions. And so you might just end up getting promoted up our hierarchy just because of people not coming back, even if you didn't have the best season. So yeah, stick with it. And also there's still like half a season to go, right? Like, there might be even more matchups added. Like Yahoo's, I don't know what Yahoo's going to do with this long Olympic break that now isn't going to be needed. Right now it's like one matchup spanning, I think four weeks. Uh, do you, I don't know. It's not like a really a question to ask you. But like, I'm just curious, like maybe they end up splitting that into four more matchups and all of a sudden now, you know, there's, we're not even halfway through the season. So we'll have to see what Yahoo does. Obviously, it's like depending on them to do anything. It's always, always <laughs> hard. I hope that it's not going to be like a four week matchup where each team is just playing a regular schedule. That would be insane. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And obviously, we will update you with that information as soon as we've got it. But I think uh, Coach is on the bench screaming his head off at us to, to get this shift finished up. So, Elon, I just want to thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been really nice to get back behind the mic. I hope we had some useful, actionable advice for folks uh, as we bring them these kind of key headlines from the last couple days. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Yeah, like Elon said, just those of you who are hanging in there and, and putting in the work, we so appreciate it. Uh, you know, hang in there. It's going to be all right. And yeah, like you said, who knows how the rest of the season is going to play out. Uh, we know that the people who are going to be in the best position to be successful are those who are staying agile and keeping up to date with the latest information. And that's what Short Shifts is all about here. So. <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of uh, sticking with the most up-to-date information, I'm seeing that Zach Dooley just tweeted out LA Kings lines, and Kachev isn't even playing? Come on! Give him a chance! What does this guy have to do? Anyway, whatever. I just traded for him in a league. Maybe that's why I'm especially invested. Anyway, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Lewis, uh, it was really fun talking to you. I could keep talking for like another half hour. Uh, I know it's been a bit of a long shift, but hey, this was one short shift for a whole week when normally there's two. So we were just making up for the both of them. And next week, we'll get back to that regular schedule. And uh, I'm sure you and Ben will be able to keep things more constrained. Hey, it's it's. I think you make a great point, and yeah, we want to we want to give you your uh, your your money's worth. So hopefully, uh, your free podcast has has done that for you. And, <laughs> we had an uh, ad in there, so we appreciate oh, people true. listening that's to that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, with that, uh, please make sure to give us a follow at Short Shifts KK on Twitter. Of course, Brian and Elon can be found at Keeping Carlson. Uh, Dave Betton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Please uh, check out and patronize the websites where we do our research, especially Yahoo, of course, as well as Natural Stat Trick and Frozen Tools uh, and Cacupful.com, of course, uh, for all of our Cacupful-related needs. Can I ask um, you to throw another site in there? Yeah, absolutely. Got to throw in GameDayLineTweets.com. I'm actually working on some upgrades to it that, uh, that are going to be coming out soon. So enjoy all the line tweets now and imagine what could be. Because I don't know if people are aware, but we have some other Twitter accounts, at GameDayGoalies, at GameDayNewsNHL. They're going to soon be integrated into that site. And I actually just bought a new domain. Instead of GameDayLineTweets.com, breaking news. 
I bought gamedaytweets.com. Oh, yeah. The whole game day suite is so awesome. Like, I just set my push notifications to alert me with those. That's all I need. There you go. Though soon you'll uh, also be able to check it all out at gamedaytweets.com. Anyways, that's just a preview. It's not up yet. I need to find someone who has design skills because I've got all the back end set up for everything I have planned. And now I just need to make it look pretty. But okay, this is definitely blabbering on too long. You were, do- you were doing the credits. Uh, so <laughs> I, if, if f- to f- my future self that's going to be editing this show, don't put in the music uh, when he started the credits. Put in the music now and then uh, that'll make more sense as we actually <laughs> end the show. Well, Elon, there's only one more thing to say, and that is until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. Unlike us. Unlike us. (laughs) 